Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. That's right. Oh my God, we are back in the studio. <laughs> Welcome to the Yay. first post-tour Pottercast. Yay! I'm on the internet again. It's weird. I don't like it. It's not natural. I missed you guys, though. I'm excited. Yay! Yay! All right. Well, as always, here on Pottercast, when we're not on tour, what we do is we have our little news, and then we go and do a watch on. Oh, gosh. Today, we are going to give you a little bit more of the voicemails, uh, your reactions to Half-Blood Prince. So that movie you left us a lot of voicemails. We're going to play them, and then we're going to weigh in on that, including Sue's first ever Pottercast review of Half-Blood Prince, because you missed that Uh-oh. from the last time we did it. And then? And then you've long been waiting the next episode in Pottercast's own acting troupe. Oh, shoot. It is such a big one that we're going to give you the first piece of it this week and then the second piece of it next week for episode five. Big episode five. And then we're going to come back and wrap it all up together with the four of us being funny and witty and twitty and all those things. Well, then let's talk about the news because we've got lots to catch up on. Oh, Molly. There is a lot of news, and I know that you guys probably talked about some of it um, while they were out on tour. They had a marvelous tour, and you know I'd like to say congratulations to you because I've heard nothing but just wonderful feedback. But there was a lot of news, and I've just been dying to get your input on some of the things that happened, especially our first thing. It's kind of like the Great Yeti sighting. It's kind of like a rare interview with Steve Cloves, <laughs> and every time he talks... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a million nerd fighters just screamed. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, he gave an interview to the LA Times, which did a remarkable series of uh, interviews every day for 30 days before the count, before the release of Hapla Prince. But what they had this interview with Steve Cloves, and he actually said a few things of interest. <laughs> One was that, um, I'll start being good. First thing he said that, and it was kind of a cool tidbit for us uh, Canon fans, is that he learned from Joe that one of the 12 uses of dragon blood is not only uh, oven cleaner, but is also spot remover. Oh, that's, that's in, that makes sense. That's <laughs> yeah, a line spot with remover, and uh... that it covers it with a nice red hue. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It does. You Can you, like, trip out, like, vampire blood if you drink <laughs> dragon's blood? Like on true blood? No, can it can it heal you? <laughs> Maybe that's one of the uses. I really want, I can't wait the for the source. Scottish book for her to list those uses. And oh. if she doesn't, we'll give her what for. I think so. Of course we're going to. That's yes. going to be Frankie's project. She'll hire him to illustrate all 12 usages. <laughs> that would be so cool. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I would do it, Joe, if you're listening. You so should don't just worry. do it, Frankie. I'll I can tell it. you what all 12 uses are if you give me like a minute to think about it. You know, Frank, I think she was really them. worried that you wouldn't do it if she asked. So it's a good thing that you said that. Yeah. It's good I clarified just, that. Just uh, letting her know. Yeah. Yeah. Because now she can sleep right. at night. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. I have to catch up with my correspondence. This is why we never get through bit by bit. We're still on line one of item <laughs> All right. one. 
Good. Second news. Okay. Let's hear this, it. No, no this is still, there's so much with this interview. I really urge it. And we'll put it in the show notes for this because I just think if you missed this when it came out, because we had a, so much news in the last two months. <laughs> but this interview is well worth reading. And, and he spoke about why, Steve Cloves spoke about why he wanted to, was thinking of leaving the series because at the time, Emma Watson, before Order of the Phoenix, was thinking of not coming back. And so he said, I always said, too, that if the kids left, I would leave too. There was some talk about Emma Watson, who plays Hermione leaving, and that would have been hard for me if Emma had left because I love writing for the three kids. No, I just, like, I oh. just, I, I'm trying to find it in me to, 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 to see where he's been, coming from. Would he have from. been as bothered if Rupert was going to leave? That's what I'm saying. There was talk at every point about people leaving. Every point. I don't, just, I, I don't. Why? Why, if the kids left, does it ruin it for the scriptwriter? Exactly. It's a character, right? I don't. Know, I don't mean. I don't like. I hate. I hate when we get too like too heavy on Stephen. Cl- like he do, he does right. a great job. He really, I think, did a great job with six. I just the Hermione thing. The Hermione thing just kind of yeah. pushes the button. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, is everywhere. He is being I drawn. agree for the most part. I mean, 6 was such a better effort, but like we did get recently a copy of this of the script for the scene at the end when they're all on the tower and Hermione is talking to Harry and it has directions for notices. Uh Ron scratches feet. Uh Ron looks at Harry and Hermione. Ron scratches head. Meanwhile, Hermione has all these lines. Literally? Um, You're not being drawn right now? No, literally, it says, uh, Ron uh, shuffles feet. Ron looks ah, around confused. Don't tell me these things, John. I, I... Because in the book, Ron oh, says, yes, we're with you. Like, that's, it's key that the three of them show that they are with him. Why? Why? No, it was like, Hermione, Hermione has a line like, you know, we're coming with you, Harry. And then it's like, Ron picks nose. Ron scratches head. Well, now you're being John. Well, right there. But you know what? That that goes to another because he goes on in the same in the same breath, the same sentences. I feel very much in charge of protecting the characters. And the thing that upsets me most is when I feel the characters are being violated. So let's talk about the violation of Ron Weasley, which you've done. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think there's a hell of a lot of fanfic about that. So okay. Oh, Ron, John, see Ron. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to be like mad at him or whatever he's for for a mammoth job for the most part he's done he's doing great he protected but, the characters every other oh, last 99 percent of them yes, other than ron except for ron why why is ron never protected i think rupert's just kind of a jerk to him on set like he <laughs> constantly makes faces at him so there's probably <sighs> just a rivalry there He's intimidated by Ron because he wants to really be with Hermione. Oh, that's what it was. He's making Ron unworthy. Oh, he's like Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb. We love you, Victor Crumb. Okay, but, the, but, but Sue, what, what was the, the There's the one more part question. to this. Yeah, this is a thing. really good thing because this and this goes to our documentary or our DVD commentaries, John, and, and hopefully Frankie will get to do this too. But I know that we've all discussed this as, as the four of us. He talks about the cheese ball ending to chamber of secrets and that's my my cheese ball is my phrase but he talks yeah, about yeah, the I moment the oh god and he actually speaks to it and he said it was again it was a violation of the the character that the students would not applaud when hagrid comes in and that was <laughs> odd because you know what he blames chris columbus for that moment he actually does 
that hokey wow. ending. Well, he. Th- I mean, it, I. I doubt he's. I don't, I don't know I don't what know. the relationship. I mean, is like, is but it, he's it's, probably not lying. Yeah. It probably was Chris Columbus who, who insisted on it. It seems. It seems a particular Chris Columbus thing yeah. to do. But it's. It's. It's very nice to see somebody from the film stand up and say, "You know what? That was cheesy, and it wouldn't have happened." You know. Like, well, who was the Who was the JA that decided to end Azkaban on a freeze frame? Don't even get me started on that. That's my <laughs> I most. Don't understand. I'll take, I'll take a Hagrid clap. I'll every, left and they visited, the and they blurred in his face. Yes. Like that was so intentional. The way this awkward like blur on his face. But who cares? Like who cares? I care. I just, I just think it's funny for him to you know to be upset about Chamber Secrets and and then you know oh that's that's certainly not as good as. Uh, Azkaban end, but whatever. I don't know. But Every the, movie should end that, with a slow pan from the train. The Azkaban ending, probably that wasn't him. Like, probably it's Harry flies off on his wand, but I'm um, on his wand on his broom. But probably, probably that's a directorial decision to, to stop it there. <laughs> so, and so is, freeze frame. Yeah, freeze I frame. mean, is that the directors on everyone? Because is my recollection, he has worked on five out of the six movies, and they've all ended with these hokey, freezing kind of like flying off to the end kind of things. And so it's not his decision on how the movie ends. The screenwriter, I just, I don't know. I have a no, hard no, no, time no, with no. that. I mean, I don't, I don't believe. Like, I believe he writes it, but I don't, I don't. Like, that, for like, instance, I don't think. I mean, maybe somebody can prove me wrong, but I don't think it's in the, it's in the script direction and on okay. freeze frame of Harry's face. You know? Uh, yeah. You're probably That's right. Prob- you're probably right. We'll yeah. we'll go ahead and blame Alfonso for that one. Well, but also, I mean, like, I don't think Six was as hokey. It, it was. It certainly wasn't oh. unhokey, but it was. It was fine. Know, I thought it was How'd great. Six end again? Hmm? With Fox. Uh, and Ryan looking out into the sun. And, uh, Fox flying away. Ron picking a wedgie or something. Something along that importance. Ron scratching his head, shuffling feet, while Hermione spews wisdom and confidence and assures Harry (laughs) that everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. Pretty Mm -hmm. much. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be like this because somebody wrote us, it's really funny, somebody made this comment on when when we talked about the movie and how much we loved it. They're like, you do this every time. You see the movie, you freak out, you love it, and then three weeks later you guys are picking on it. But we pick out of love, like... I have, I have the same feeling for six that I had when I first saw it, but there are always going to be these things that we can pick on. And, and yeah, I just don't think of. we make enough. I think of it, it's to... a lot of it because we each th- have the things we were disappointed with in, and then it just takes time for us to like actually hear what people are saying. Yeah. Like yeah. with the whole Ginny thing, at first I was like, she was fine, and then eventually it was like, yeah, she was kind of weird because John was all like, I hate her, and I'm like, well, and I was like, well, it's no, actually not true. Uh... <laughs> I don't. I just wanted to, to clarify that as it's not me razzing on her as a person, or, or even you know, you know, saying she's a terrible actress, any of those things. It's just that uh, she's not as practiced as the rest of the three of them, and it was evident in this movie. But you know, excellent that she had some lines, but just um, would have been nice if she had as many movies to practice giving lines as the rest of them. It did totally change the way Ginny interacts with Harry in the book or the movie. In that, yeah. and that's like fundamental to her character. Ginny comes on to him quite a lot in the book, in the movie, not in the book. Like Harry just, yeah. just, just starts noticing her in the book, and then grabs her and kisses her, and that's a Ron yeah. Lavender moment now. You know, where were we? Oh, okay, we anyway, have much more news. This is a news? more a fun thing, John. You will love this part. Okay, this next news. I. Uh, 
as we know, there is a theme park being built in Orlando, Florida. No, and really? Yes, what? really. I know. Shocking about Harry Potter. Um, and one of the cool things that we've learned, it, it's, it's, these are from fan sites that are, you know, theme park fan sites, but the one is, is really, um, fairly credible source about the ride that is going through the Hogwarts castle. And that's, has been confirmed by David Heyman. Who has said there are the Harry three rides. Um, David Heyman is the producer of the film. So there are going to be three rides. And one of the things we learned yeah. is that um, you're going to go through the, 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 uh, the castle on like these kind of like robotic arms. It's kind of like a free flowing kind of thing. And I let John describe this more because I can't speak it, but it's also going to have the magic quest system throughout the whole park. Ah. Excited, but not Sweet. just the park. The other, the other yes. islands of adventure areas as well. Not just the Hogwarts, right? With the wand. Yeah. There's little. Uh, explain magic quests, somebody. Okay, well, you know, think think laser tag, but uh, with a wand, and uh, instead of shooting it at each other, which would be hysterical if you could buy like vests or something to wear. That'd be- but uh, you fire your wands at things in the park. And my big question is, can you fire it while you're on this crazy Hogwarts ride and interact with the ride? Um, that's, the, that's the gossip now is that you have lands like, you know, the, the one with all the, 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 comic, the Marvel comic book heroes mm-hmm. and then the old Rocky and Bullwinkle and all those guys area and the Dr. Seuss area and the Jurassic Park area and the Lost Continent and all that stuff. You're going to have things you could potentially interact with, which... You know, if anyone's ever with with your wand, which one that apparently you buy at the park, presumably you can bring your own wand back. So it's not going to be a wand then. No, What's it's that? It's going to look like a it's wand. It's going to be a device. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a device. Well, it's a wand like shaped device. It's not like a gun. It's going to look like a but wand. But how's a wand going to work with like superheroes? You, you t- no, there'll be little symbols. Yeah. How, how it works is that there's no, no, going to no, no. be. I mean, like. The things that you happen in the other in the p- themed areas are going to be themed to that yeah, area, right? Be so are they going to? Oh, they're not going. It's it's not going to be like in like you, like I don't know like the superhero land. You're not going to get like a little oh, Thor hammer. No. No. I understand that. You, this isn't something that you're renting at the park. You buy a wand if you want to interact with the park, and you bring your own wand back. Yes. So everything is going to rely on your wands. You're not. You're not like. Uh, uh, like a superhero guy in superhero land, you're still a wizard in superhero land. <laughs> That's so weird that they're doing that throughout cool. the park. That's it's cool, awesome. Though. Might as well take advantage of their space and the system. Well, I didn't think they would do that. You know, well, we're all very interested to see how that's going to turn out. And I'm sure once it is up, you know, you can rely on Leaky for your definitive guide to the magical locations of the wizarding world. Very cool. So it's really coming along. Um, and, and Melissa, you'll get a chuckle out of this. Um, if longtime readers of Leaky will remember how when we were waiting for the books to come out that oh, Warner yeah. Brothers <laughs> registered names. It was like the, the big game throughout, throughout 10 years of waiting for the books to come out was check those trademark sites because these names pop up and they, they ended up being all of them registered by Warner Brothers, you know, and some... It, Buried in there somewhere was always an accurate title for a book or something, mm-hmm. you know. Well, because they're they're protecting the names before they actually start using them, so they would register a lot of fakes as well. Right, and and, and ooh, some crafty member decided remember that probably and did the same thing for the theme park, and it's just <laughs> so they came up with the one name is called Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is <laughs> just what? <laughs> what? I okay, hope, I hope it does not take place in Hagrid's hut. 
<laughs> John. Oh, John, I've oh, missed you boy. so much. Talk about your forbidden adventures. Uh, okay. So a lot of them are just, you know, traditional names that we've heard before on the polls. If you go to the, the, or the Universal Orlando thing, we've done polls about the three broomsticks. Where would you like to have a butterbeer? There's Ollivanders and Honey Dukes and Zonkos, all that. But the one name is, is funny that the Forbidden Journey. So I just, I knew Melissa would get a crack up on that. It's so funny. It's like, here we are again, looking up trademark names. <laughs> come back to haunt us. Oh, ghosts of leaky past. Uh. Okay, well, not speaking of ghosts, but this is kind of the future what's coming up, which is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. We heard so much of this news during the release of Haplet Prince. And I know this sounds crazy to kind of switch gears like this, but we heard so much, especially from David. And I was really surprised how forthcoming, in particular, David Heyman and David uh, Yates were. I got to tell you, David Heyman, sometimes I wonder if people from Warner Brothers, like, just know that there's nothing they can do. He's just going to spill something every time he does an interview. Because literally, there's not a question that man won't answer. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's great. Coming, he was with awesome. you. I mean, on your interviews, were mm-hmm. great with him. It's amazing. He is very candid, and it's such a relief. I think I speak for anybody who's ever interviewed a lot of people from a film studio before. It's so God. It's great. I love. Well, he's probably the one that's like in charge of deciding what comes out when. So we well, can there's Warner Brothers, wants. and then there's Heyday Films, and and it's, right. they're they're they're, they're sure separate. And, there's, and there's a lot of crossover. I don't know exactly how it all works. So right, there's he. They can't. They cannot send him to interview school like that. He's David Heyman, you know. But it's just really funny yeah. that he's just this very straightforward guy, and it's it, it's great. It makes it makes him a joy yeah. to interview. It makes his interviews a joy to read, and it makes you trust him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It totally does because I remember when he was talking about the finding, you know, the decision to delay it. I mean, he just point blank said, "Yeah, it was a financial decision." Yeah. Like, thank oh. you, thank you. This is what we've been waiting for somebody to say. You know, like mm-hmm. we we all knew it. We all knew it. Treat us, treat us like the adults and the film fans right. and the intelligent right. people we are. Just, just say it. We'll, we'll forgive you. You know. He said some really great things. He won. This is really great news. He confirmed that John Williams is in talks there and can, in talks with him to come back and score Deathly Hallows, which is. He sure as hell better. I think that's fabulous. Not to. Come on. It. Come back and finish what you started. I'm sorry, but there's no bigger movie happening within two years of this movie. So uh, there's <laughs> so no excuse. Enormous. They better not move it. They better no. not move it. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I know that they're they're doing a lot of there's a lot of big movies coming out, but I just don't I I, I don't think that they will, Melly. I think that they've got that locked because everybody's like positioning I can around see them. them doing it. Everybody's positioning around it. I can see them moving it from the year apart. No, no, Frack, oh. no. I can see that happening. God, no, no. Doing what? Moving it back another Instead year. Instead of being six months apart, they're a year apart. Oh, Are we get the first oh, one on schedule. The other one's a year like, apart. Oh, they're six months they're, apart. John. No, it's six. But Dude. no, they're gonna change that. No, no not. Why? Because they don't need two huge movies happening like that all at once. They're not in the same year. Well, it'll it's, be. They're part of. They're one. The they're two year. parts of one movie, one oh, story. Oh, that's that, and, it's freaking finance trickery for them. Right for them, the the year matters. The year it came out. So some of the really cool things. I don't want to talk too many spoilers because some people are avoiding it. But I will say this: that Mr. Heyman has said that the Battle of Hogwarts is going to be thirty minutes alone. Yeah, I remember the day we found no, that. Yes. Is this consecutively though, it's just total. No, just that battle part. He said there's the first part of the battle, total. and then the post 
Mm, Listen, they Harry. get to Hogwarts relatively quickly, okay. and they have a little bit of build up at Hogwarts, and all those scenes of getting into happens, the. And there yeah. are two parts. So which one? I think he means the beginning is the fr- because the rest of it isn't so much a battle as the right. Death Eaters being blown back, and then yeah. the big showdown. Yeah. Big showdown. Oh gosh. I mean that part. I think that they'll allow a lot of time because that's so emotional, and that's such the crux of it all. Well, the first part's a big battle, isn't it? Huge battle. Yeah, Huge. Very violent. Yeah, the first part. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you just said if that they wasn't. guys, if they get to Hogwarts fairly early on, how are they going to do Gringotts? Yes. In number two, they're doing Gringotts. They are oh, in number Gring- two, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. Gringotts I- is a half hour. You know. You know what's interesting to me, though, how he both David. Ye- I love how David Yates is phrasing this too. He, he's very eloquent in his in his things, and he he said the first movie, part one, is like a road movie, and the second movie, second part, is very operatic and very just you know sweeping. So I don't know, Melly. That's a good question. How they will get that? Maybe oh, it's, you know, maybe it starts on Gringotts. Maybe it's it's. I don't know. It's you know, Malfoy Manor, Gringotts, gonna... boom, Hogwarts. But that even then, how do they get to? Okay, okay. Okay, if the, if if there's thirty minutes for the for the first part of the battle, then Harry's death part's got to be at least fifteen minutes, and then the end is like another half hour before you get to the end and you have the epilogue and whatever. That's already seventy five minutes, but there's still plenty of movie left. It's like an hour of movie left. You know who's coming back though for Deathly Hallows is Michael Gambon. He's going to be a ghost. He says a ghost. A ghost. That's so good. <laughs> he's at the London premiere, then he's like. Yeah, no, he's... they're ghosts. You can't kill a wizard. They, I'm, I'm back in seven as a ghost. Like, no, you nitwit. Read the freaking book. And you oh, almost want to forgive him because he's point, so Millie. funny. He, he doesn't says you don't need to read the books. That's our next news. No point. There's no, no point. point in reading the books, says Michael Gambon. Through like a knife through my heart. You know what? Well, though, that's but why he's... it's like, you know, if someone casts you to pay like a, a general... And like the Civil War or whatever, surely you can learn enough about what it means to be a general in the Civil War just by reading the script to your movie. I mean, surely you wouldn't research the part in any other way. Exactly. Good Lord. I'm sorry that it's not as important as what's a, what a wizard's going to act like than any other part you'd research. But but he's funny about it. Like, I, like you almost want to forgive him because he's just like, he's just a funny, crotchety yeah, old man. Yeah, he's a crotchety old man. That's, I'd be like telling my grandpa he had to... He had to read uh, the whole book before he played Dumbledore. I, I, I think I would probably just be happy he was playing Dumbledore, actually. I probably wouldn't bother him. He would have been a good Dumbledore. <laughs> well, you know, he has a point when he's saying you're playing with Steve Clovis's words, which is true as an actor. That's fine. But there are things called nuance and subtlety. And he says that he brings his own self as an actor into the part. Like he was going on to describe how the, the fans got upset about, you know, during Goblet of Fire when he, you know, shakes Harry and all that. And he says, and, and Dumbledore, or Michael Gammon says of Dumbledore, he's got to be scary you know and, and he's so he's essentially playing himself so i don't i just felt like that i think logic. that was a joke i think he said i play myself a little irish a little scary that's what i'm like in real life i think that's gambin's classic dry wit you know i, uh, I don't think he really means that i hope not but i don't know it's just it just it disappointed me because i've seen him do such extraordinary other performances and you just know he n- understands nuance he can get subtlety. He can do these really wonderful things, and I just, I just think he could have gotten that more if he had taken the time to read Joe's books. And I just was. I still think that before Ian McKellen was cast as Gandalf, they should have snatched him up for Harry Potter. That's <sighs> my dream. Oh my god, my dream uh, scenario. If we were to go back to the beginning, that. 
You're such killing a nice me. little old man, nice little kind face to the hobbit. Seeing a little smile, like, oh, I understand. It was perfect. Right. Um, I'll, I'll go through these last things really quickly because I know this is taking forever. Um, the filming is ongoing with Deathly Hallows. In fact, this week, the uh, wedding scene is being done to great hurrah. Uh, Crumb is back. Stan so it is, is Bill and Fleur. They're not going to pull yes. a fast one and do Remus and Tonks. No, Good. it totally is Bill and Fleur for okay. 100% for sure. Tonks is going to be there. And, what's that? I would not have been happy they switched that. I don't know why. <laughs> I know. I would, that would have been really upsetting. I mean, like, I don't know why it gets such attachment, but I'm like, no, it can't be that. Maybe because it's a Weasley getting married. I think that's what it is. I want a Weasley, we a Weasley wedding. This completely would have changed Remus's character and all of Remus's, yes. you know, his, oh, I'm so emo because no one approves of this relationship and my family. Yeah, that's true. Outcast. That's true. You have a whole people coming together for your wedding. You know, that would completely be all against that. I think that's going to so. be a a shorthanded storyline anyway. Oh, sure. I won't even be able yeah. to be in there, but well, I'd it's rather just them kind omit of a, something a than weird, completely though, to have this change whole wedding something. For a character we've never met. We've yeah, never exactly. seen Bill. He's exactly. not in any of the films. It's just, it's just kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. once you give him red hair, it'll be pretty obvious that he's yeah, a relation. Yeah, all red-haired people are Weasleys. I forgot. Yeah, that's the rule. The well, this movie, yeah. anyway. According the to Malfoy, the... all redheads are Weasleys, so who cares? <laughs> red hair. I knew you were going to do that. Down red rose hair, and a stupid clothes. complexion. Speaking uh, of Malfoys, who did very well in Half-Blood Prince, which is doing amazingly well at the box office, $816 million. Unreal. That's... <laughs> In a that's month. crazy. In less than a month. 50 what? of that's mine. What? <laughs> I've seen it like four times or something. Oh, $50. That's what you were saying. Yeah. 50 million of it is yours. Oh, I, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, for all my contributions. I just, you know, how do, what, I don't even get those kind of numbers. They're just, you know, I mean, like the opening, the midnight releases, you know, it just, it even beat Dark Knight, which I would thought was fairly. What was the budget for Apple Prince? $250 million. Fifty, nice. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty, John. Two hundred fifty million. Yeah, that's what I said. That's oh, I thought you said, said fifty. Oh, really? Fifty with <laughs> that indie film of you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you Good think you saw? Lordy. So, and the final thing, we can look forward to the DVD coming out in on in December, the first week in December, December seventh. Oh, cool. And so this fast. is the cool. It is that you, but they turn it around so much. I mean, we had stories about the piracy just like you know Wait, several days when? after September. December. December. No, de- December. Oh, December. Oh, holiday. Yeah. It makes, yeah. It's yeah. fast, but makes sense. So fast. Just coming out. But hopefully, the big rumor is that we're going to get that first look at Deathly Hallows like we got for um, Haplet Prince with the DVD. So keep your fingers crossed. It has a lot of potential. That's all I'm, I got. I'm, I'm not buying. I'm, I've, I, don't, I think I've bought one DVD, Harry Potter DVD. I want, yeah. I'm waiting. I am patiently waiting. Didn't they announce some kind of like ultimate edition ultimate, or something? David Heyman said it at the press junket for Half Blood Prince. He said he 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 sort of looked out. He was mentioning DVDs and he sort of guessed what that the question that was springing to everybody's mind. And he just went, "Yes, there will be an ultimate edition collector <laughs> set. Worry not." <laughs> you know, well, like, yeah, I'm sure like, it'll probably really, be like you think we're not gonna you think we're not gonna put out a very expensive ultimate edition seven movie set. Really, <laughs> you know, it'll oh, be like in a trunk, like they did for the books, like in a cute little Harry's trunk. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for. I it. want obviously Blu-ray, uh, yeah. a- ABC Family Edition, extended scene. There had better be better be some commentaries. Well, that's what they did with Lord of the Rings. They put out a th- the three movie set. 
originally and then they waited like six months and they put out another three movie set with like extended so it was like a third of the film longer i want commentary with Stuart craig oh that sounds boring yeah sounds boring. really boring how about i want commentary with Stuart craig <laughs> that sounds more actually i would like that too with Stuart craig i think that would yeah, be neat would. i think it would be really fun because he created the world i mean it's his you know yeah. his props and things really when we look back on who made all of it go it's got to be Stuart craig who designed I mean, oh. they designed this stuff in ways that nobody's ever gonna see and they're gonna start packing stuff away soon like I want mm. a piece of Hogwarts. I don't know whether they're going to take it down, but I want to own it. They There's should no wrap, outside. sell it. There, this is a nice piece of trivia. <sighs> At least as far as I know, there is no built outside of Hogwarts. No. I don't. I want the floor or a piece of the table, Great Hall, the table or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I would like that. Oh, it'd be so cool to see that stuff. There'll be multiple museums traveling. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. I think we're we're in for a lot of showing of the things that were used to... Film these well, you know what I'm curious about is that you know how um, Universal is big on doing this for their rides, mm-hmm. the the queue, the, the line, and everything. Oh yes, they have stuff all over the walls, like original props and original costumes and everything from the movie that they're taking you on a ride about. Uh-huh. And uh, this is really big in Universal Studios more than Islands of Adventure, but I could totally see them filling the ho- queue for the Hogwarts ride with uh, stuff, props from the movies, and everything. Well, that you know, John, that was one of the things that came out, and just there was so much news, and I just but one of the rumors was is that when you're standing, the queue is going to be to get into the ride through the castle is going to be a very like um, sensory kind of like it will snow at one part of you when you're going through the line and that kind of thing, and like you'll have the uh, feeling of the candles over you of the great hall and stuff. So that would be really cool if they could put some of those props in there. Well, we've got what what do we have coming up here on the show? We have, as mentioned, the the acting troupe yeah the new, acting the new edition you've been waiting all summer for it we have yeah, more of it. your more of your um comments and voicemails that you've been leaving us about the film mm-hmm. and when are we going to talk to sue about what she thought of the film gonna do that right after these messages okay cool. we'll be right back <laughs> Okay, this is my Half-Blood Prince react, so I'm just gonna get right to it. First of all, I thought that they could have done without the little, like, ten-second shots of Draco in the Room of Requirement just pulling the sheet off of the vanishing cabinet because they could have used that time to uh, bring in stuff from the book that wasn't in the book. Um, so, thanks for listening. I thought the movie was fantastic. The only things that bothered me were Ron's helmet, and sometimes the portraits didn't move. Also, how when Dumbledore was falling off the tower, it just looked more funny than it was serious to me. And also how every time Draco had a scene, all he did was just take the blanket off the cabinet really dramatically. Hey, this is Aki Austin, and I thought this movie was awesome. The look was amazing. I love the details, especially Toy Umbridge and Fred and George's shop. The acting was great. Rupert and Dan really stepped it up with the comedy, and Tom Felton did an excellent job with Draco's internal conflict. My complaints are, the Snape's line, Don't Call Me Coward, was removed, and we didn't get to see him lose control at all. Could have given us a glimpse of Snape without his usual calm and collected in control facade. One more thing I would enjoy was a funeral. Could have added more depth and sadness to Dumbledore's quick death. I thought the movie was really flat and boring. I should have been heart-wrenched in the cave scene, and I was 
wasn't. There were some really good scenes, but not enough to carry the whole movie, and the pacing was much too slow. When you're looking for a Bezoar to save Ron's life, it shouldn't seem as though you're searching for a pencil. There's this part in Half Footprints when Harry's trying to get the memory from Slughorn, and he says, This is the most important thing that I can tell you, and only people have guessed at it. And my friend leans over and says, I have no lenses in my glasses. And it was the funniest thing, and we just laughed for five minutes, and that was my highlight from the movie. <laughs> hey, Pottercast, I just want to share uh, this story, because we were waiting for Half a Prince to start in the theater, and I stood up and asked everybody in the theater if anyone had seen a very Potter musical, and everyone was like looking at me like I was crazy, and it was really <laughs> embarrassing. But at least I tried. Hey Pottergast, I thought Half-Blood Prince was okay. The plotline seemed to be caught between Half-Blood Prince and a romantic comedy, and there seemed to be a really mixed focus because of all their choppy scene editing. They never explained things to their non-readers, and you were always waiting for them to tell you what was actually going on with their actions, but nothing ever came. The romance was really fun to watch, but Hermione was a little too obvious, and Lavender was a little too over the top. It all seemed to be filler when they could have been doing great backstory for Deathly Hallows. Thanks, Kevin. Hi Pottercast, I'm Brock. I thought the new Half-Blood Prince movie was incredible. Not all the book can be in the movie, which I made my mindset seeing it for a second time. I was really hoping for a bigger battle at the end though. They uh, cut out Dumbledore's funeral, uh, which you guys talked about, and I can totally live with, but I thought there should have been a more decent fight scene at the end of the movie. Thank you, all of you, for all of your voicemails. Uh, we've got, uh, they keep coming in, actually, a few more since this has aired have came in, no doubt, I'm sure. Um, that's just Futures Talk, of course, because this isn't a live show. But anyway, um, Sue, we didn't get to hear all of your reviews, because um, last time you interviewed us about what we thought, so uh-huh. here we are. It's been a couple of weeks. What did you think of Half-Blood Prince? Um, okay, first of all, I, I want to say I love each of you very much, and I hope that you <laughs> will still want to be friends with me after this. But I, I, Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I, I called this Harry Potter and the Almost Good movie. Oh. Um, I was very disappointed in it, to be actually honest. Um. I thought parts of it were, I, and, and, and that's not an accurate reflection because there are parts of it I thought were superbly done and were, in fact, some of the best moments I've seen them commit for a Harry Potter film. Um, there were scenes that were just superb. I thought Jim uh, Broadbent gave a superb, melancholy, sad, wistful, heartbreaking performance and i thought he was just the best part of the movie and next up was followed by uh, tom felton and alan rickman were just were just wonderful and i was really enthused with that but (laughs) these positive things do not make up for things that just just broke my heart and i just had a really hard time with a lot of the things that i had saw is what i saw in the movie and i thought it was very choppy i didn't think it flowed um you know David Yates is a very gifted director, and I thought that he wasted too much time trying to pay homage to certain um, old-style films and lost the overall arch of making a, a, a singular piece of film. And And I know this this is different than everybody else, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, and I'm sorry. I just had I just felt it was like, chop, chop, here's a beautiful scene, stop, boom. Here's a beautiful scene, stop, boom. And I just felt like I was like on this, like, chukum, chukum, 
machine when I was watching it. And it just really, it really, I was so disappointed. And maybe it's because I had been waiting for two years and I had um, expectations but I was just like was so disappointed in in the fact that things that I had seen in the marketing were not, you know, uh, Warner Brothers spent $125 million. They just advertised this film out the glue. And everywhere I saw, and I was looking forward to the scenes that I had saw advertised. Where was Harry? And maybe it was in it because I've only seen it once. Where was Harry when he said, I might... Fright and I'm with Dumbledore, you know, and the scene in the courtyard. I did not see that. I did not see that. And I was so, it, it seems petty and insignificant in the whole, um, you know, scheme of things. But there were, there were things that I, I was just very disappointed. Why they chose to discard the Dursleys and, and why would they take away that continuity and show Harry flirting with a waitress? Like it was trying to set him up like, okay, suddenly here's a, he's a teenage boy who's suddenly being aware of the opposite sex. That's fine. I get that. That's the, the premise behind, you know, a lot of what goes on in the book. But I was like, oh my God, why not have the Dursleys in there if you want to have a, a um, a continual thing. And it's not important. I know that they usually just do not affect the storyline or the plot. But for me as a fan, it's something, a familiarity I like to see within the things, kind of like part of the whole fabric of this. Um, I was, I was so just, John, you had spoke so great about how real it was. And I agree. I thought the film was wonderful and it looked accurate, but it was so real that it was like the magic was sucked out of Hogwarts. Every place else, the burrow and Weasley's Emporium was much more magical than Hogwarts. I just felt like the magic wasn't there for me in this movie. And I know that makes me just a wretched person. And, and <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> how would you say it makes you a wretched person, I don't know. I just feel like I have to. But I was so, I was so, <laughs> like, was, okay, let's talk about that final scene with Dumbledore. The, the cave scene, which was so, so intense. And just those, those golem-like creatures were amazing. And Harry getting sucked down was amazing. And Dumbledore, Gambon nailed that scene. I thought it was wonderful. And then they cut it. They ended it with the Moses shot. And him parting the waves, you know, the wing of fire to get out with that path. And I just, oh, I, I, oh, man. I just was like, it was so close to being so good. And then it was just like. Oh, we were so close, and it just... Oh. So, that's my opinion. I'm sorry. I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I've never, ever seen one piece of hate mail for, for, <laughs> for, us, for us having an opinion. I know. Passionate well. mail, yes, but we've never gotten somebody saying we hate you for this, you know. Don't think you're going to get hate mail. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's your opinion. I just, I just, I wanted to like it so much, Melly, you know, I did. And I just, I wanted to just cherish this to my heart because I have, you know, as a news person, I've, I've known things for a long time about this movie and I thought, oh, this is just going to be kick-ass. I it's think gonna, some of that know? ruined it for you because honestly, Must some be. of our opinion, our opinions are usually close, at least sometimes, most of the time yeah. close to being in line. And I just, we are way on opposite sides on a lot of the things that you said. Well, let's, let's see if we can, yeah. let's, let's try and break this down in a way that's, that's more, uh. Uh, lends into easier conversation like can we sure can we can you think you can identify like a top or five of of your things that bothers you sue okay the number and one thing so we can talk about sure them? the number one thing that disappointed me and I, again i don't think it was a horrible movie it just wasn't it's not my favorite of the films but the thing yeah. that disappointed me so much is i felt like the the magic wasn't there i just felt i don't understand why hogwarts was the least magical place in the whole film okay that's a good. That's a okay. Good starting point. Is the magic go away? Um, Hogwarts in particular. Uh, 
I mean, I saw evidence. I saw a book floating behind a person walking through the library. I mean, that's fun. I thought that, yeah, there's. I I felt like I saw a few moments that were just kind of mm-hmm. random. And what 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 could be considered the magic is 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 gone. Is maybe like in my, my opinion is more as the magic is more subtle and more part of the environment mm, integrated which is part into of everyday when I life. Say that, yeah, to say that like everything feels more real because like I I I if I put this in stark contrast to Chamber of Secrets when we had to yeah. walk into the room and we had to have a camera shot of every single magical thing happening. Yeah. And it was just shoved down our throats. And here Wait, in which movie things are just happening in Chamber of Secrets when they go to the burrow. Right. And you see um, every little appliance de- and, oh, and like every in, little bit like that. And then the leaky cauldron in the third one. Yeah, the exactly. Well, floating the, upside the, down. Prisoner of Azkaban, I think, was the first time I heard, I think it was Alfonso Caron, say that we really wanted to try and um, ha- have things happening in the background without drawing too much attention to them. But they did. And when, when, he was re- when he was referring to like going into Hagrid's hut and having this weird little creature in the background and not addressing what it is. At least, you know, they did cut to it a couple of times, but they didn't say, oh, and here's this snuggle up guy, you know, in the corner. They didn't and they just have things happening without, without um, acknowledging them. And they got to the point, and I guess six were... You know, there's random bits of magic happening, and it was was there like a couple different um, things happening in the? Well, there were the birds. Uh, there were the birds. I saw that, and you know, of course, yeah. Seamus had to blow up something else in, in one of the potion <laughs> classes. Yeah, know? I like that. Though. I do. I, I like, do too. I like that callback to, to the first film. To yeah. the first, he always yeah. maybe even two. Doesn't films. he always blow himself in every movie? Or he always, yeah. it's like Seamus the accidental pyromaniac. Yeah, yeah. I like that and, throwback. And I like that too. I do too. And the look on his face was like up. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> it was just like, I put, oops, oops. Yeah. I did it yeah. again. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe like, like maybe I think I, I can agree with your statement and, but almost, almost think that maybe this is intentional. Like yeah. young, when Harry was younger, everything was magic and it was new and it was exciting. But like, yeah. look at yourself maybe as an 18 year old or maybe even as like Snape age and you're walking through Hogwarts, you're not like mystified and awed by the magic. It's just part of your everyday life. And maybe by the time Harry's 16 or 17, that's more of his outlook on it all, too. You know, and that's a valid point. And I, I, I do take that consideration. I, I see what you're saying there. And, and, and it is because obviously he's not focused on that. He's focused on, you know, his burdening feelings for, bur- I don't know, blooming feelings for, for Jenny and, uh, aware of the pressures you know, plus he's just lost serious and i understand that. i don't know yeah. i just i just well, no, you're, you're talking about one of your other ones now oh one yeah of the, the whole the whole um romance bit no oh. <laughs> where's that on your top five it's not that's actually, on, actually on my list too I, I i just thought that that was all it was uh, there was too much uh focus on that for me but it wasn't it wasn't too distracting for me oddly enough i you know um well, when you mentioned um, you you didn't like the part how the movie started with Harry and you oh, know a the train waitress, oh god, talking to some random waitress. That just was. I get what he was trying. I totally, as a filmmaker, I, I understand from a story point of view what they wanted to do. You know, I understood what he was coming from. I understand why they added that in. I, I just, I did. But for me, if I have to, <clears throat> excuse me, if I have to weigh between putting the Dursleys in and putting well, you know, that in. 
for me, as, as a fan, I wanted to see the continuity. I wanted to see that story, that part continued. I know that's, um, it's very uh, inconsequential in the overall scheme of it, but it just, um, and, okay, answer me this. This is my, my own internal debate. Is the Daily Prophet a magical item or not? Is it just... Magic, yes. I mean, yes, but I, th- I think it can be seen by other people. I just think that... I think the danger is breaking he's, he's, the secrets, the, the, the act of... Harry's being an idiot. Yeah, okay, Harry's being basically. stupid. And then they, they kind of address it, too, by saying, you've been reckless, Harry. And he's like, I like riding on trains. And so, like, I really... That concept... Oh. There's a few things that just side little comments or little like side stories that I really enjoyed about this film. Like the, like how he writes trains on his free time. That's really cool. And then the whole Lily flower thing. I still stand by the fact that I, I would have loved that. That was actually in the Canon. I like that. You know, the the Dursleys, I was almost relieved that they, to to be frank throughout all the films, like the Dursleys, they've been fine. They've done their function, but I've never really found them to capture that Dursley-ness. You know, Vernon is, is, is he's, he's a great actor. You know, what's his name? It's been great. It's been fun. Petunia's wonderful. But they've never, I don't know, it's just never really gelled. I think it, I think it might be, I think it might be Uncle Vernon. He's always just a little odd to me in uh. the role. And it always just seems like something they, they do kind of com- compulsorily, you know. And I was kind of relieved to see the yoke of, we have to start at the Dursleys kind of gone. I would have liked there. to have seen the interaction though with Dumbledore with them. That would have been it was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's something that like best. I want to see in my fan wish mm-hmm. of seeing things in a movie and I and I don't particularly want it in the film. You know what I mean? I see and I understand why they, they do that because the interaction because I thought the interaction between uh, Gambon and at Slughorn's horn or Slughorn's house was beautifully done. I thought that was like a a masterpiece out of these little, like, like clump things I was talking about in the movie, that was a beautifully crafted scene. It was magical. It was it was funny, and it was it was. I was like, oh okay. After I got past the over excitement, and I was like, okay, we go to Dursleys, and yes, this is cool. This is you know the game. So I can understand why you would say that, Molly. I can't. I just it feels like a heavy. We must do this kind of kind of feeling. Whereas in the books, to me, I, this is just opinion. Yeah. In the books, to me, it felt like a like a like a, oh, we're back at the Dursleys, and well, this uh-huh. I get it. This is a convention of the book. But in a movie where where I'm so worried about flow and how they're going to do this, and how do we get from point A to point B and hit all the themes with a lot less room than you have in a book, I'm glad to see him go. But see, that's you know? my whole point. Then, so are we are we doing internal uh, like an individual film? Or are we talking as part of a series? And for me, that was jarring. And to the people that I was with, that was jarring. Who have seen it? Just a lot of people I went with had just watched these films, and they're used to that continuity. I know that sounds bizarre, but it's just like okay, so he doesn't live with his family anymore. You know, just uh, and I like that kind of sense of familiarity. I don't know, maybe that's I don't know, but that's just my opinion. I thought Rupert Grant was so funny, and but he was just. I still think Dan was funnier than Rupert. I, everybody's everybody, the whole the whole cast, every interview, everything is like the Ron, the Ron scene with the chocolates is the funniest thing in the world. You will die, you will laugh, you will cry tears of joy, and it's funny. But the Felix Felicia scene, man, I think is funnier. I thought I think was Ron was so funniest during the Quidditch tryouts. The, the, was, oh, he yes. was great. Oh, yeah. he was that was great. amazing. With that with Cormac, that was that was. And very then well when done. he thought he had the potion, when he's all like <laughs> cocky about it, like. Phew. That was funny too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I don't know. The slow mo. Yes, the slow mo. <laughs> that was awesome. 
What did you think of Cormac, Sam? I thought he was wonderful. I, again, the Uh-oh. acting was superb in this film. And I, I did. I mean, he was he was a caricature. Yeah. Like so yeah. many of, of Dig, these. My, big, I think Lab you know? was a little over the top, if I have to complain she, about something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, the same way in the books. I mean, the, the, there there are certain people who come in and out of these books that are very obviously exaggerated. I know. You know? I just, I, just, I they, think she's she's exaggerated from the book huh. a little bit. That's just me. <sighs> I, I loved her. I thought she was great. I wish, she was hilarious. You know, her, her 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 and Bonnie should have traded coffee uh, in the morning. <laughs> I liked how she she got bit. her 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 head and her mouth around lines that. That would sound ridiculous coming out of any of anybody else's mouth, like Juan Juan. We all imagine Juan Juan <laughs> as this ridiculous thing coming out of somebody's mouth, but she says it in a very kind of natural, like "Oh, Juan Juan." You know, it's very. Yeah. Yes, she thinks he's just. I, I don't know. It just. It just. It just. A lot of these stupid, ridiculous things that you probably you probably saw on paper on any actor, and I think, as a matter of fact, Dan Radcliffe said this in the set visit stuff. I think he said, "You look at these lines on paper, and it's like, how? How do you even approach oh, yeah. something as over the top as this?" And she really kind of assimilated it. And well, what was one of your other critiques? As was was one of mine actually originally was uh, um, how you thought it kind of jumped around and how I it did. went. You know, beautiful, beautiful scene. Oh, er, stop. Pick yeah. up again. Beautiful, beautiful scene. So it's pretty much a transitional yeah. issue. And I don't know why that, that is. Because, that, yeah. like, for the example, there was one... Yates is so good at this. When they were sitting around in the burrow, and they had that yeah. shot, and they burned that Daily Prophet. Yes. Oh, that was great, exquisite. Great it was beautiful. Yeah. Nice foreboding. Some of them are gorgeous. What's happening. So why Some wasn't that the rest of the absolutely movie? Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, sorry. Well, I, it's I, like, I, think, I think it turned into, like, an, an editing... Uh, issue. Could be could maybe be. for time or or what? Because like at you know towards the end, they just you know without all pomp and circumstance of Harry getting oh. the memory is in Dumbledore's office and jump and then here we go and we're in the pensive. And- <laughs> I think also though, I mean, if they use something to transition something like that, an image, a trick of the light, something foreboding, something obviously a transition in every scene, we'd start being like, oh my god, it's like the, uh, it's like the freaking papers again. See, right. I you know, like the papers in the that. fifth film. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And, and But the thing is, what I guess I'm going to a larger, but like you can watch a story go by in a movie and, and be engrossed and not know that it's a scene, 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 scene. You're watching a story. And I did not get that feeling when I was watching this movie. It's like, and you, you that, get it and then you didn't. Because some parts, like, my favorites... Um, and it wasn't was like the how entire movie, they did though. the whole scene on the Hogwarts Express. That felt yeah. like one big fluid thing. Yeah. And, and it was achieved brilliantly by keeping that running camera shot going in and out of the windows. I I loved all the Hogwarts Express stuff. Oh, it was. It was. And then and then you and then you see another more brilliance when they are panning the camera all around Hogwarts and you see Ron Lavender in the stairs and then you go out that window and then you see Draco looking at the Oh, that's my thing. favorite shot in the entire film. Gorgeous! I'm like, thank you, thank you very much. This was awesome. See, I guess perhaps my problem, like Melissa's right, maybe I was just too. I've seen so much beforehand, and I was just so overwhelmed in the time that I'd be before it. I was were more engrossed too in the 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 details of this film than anybody. Maybe I mean maybe outside the filmmakers than anybody because you just every day was another clip <sighs> and an image and a this and a that I and had to maybe keep it right. I had to like keep it subconsciously yeah. you might have I mean obviously your critiques are totally totally yours to have yeah. and totally accurate for for you you know but maybe in your head subconsciously some things started started gelling 
like they released so much of this movie that it almost felt like looking yeah. back now because now that now that we can yeah. that there was almost a movie release i did i did on the internet you said was that there were things in the promo materials that weren't in the movie I was so just okay, which no. just goes to show, like, why release all of these video clips before you have a final cut of your movie? If this could potentially right. happen, maybe you guys, will, you remember? Because see, I've only seen this to. once, and so, so maybe my memory is faulting us. But was this shot, and we saw this in, in several trailers and TV spots of of Lupin very clearly saying about smell it, see, you know, about the no. the werewolf out there. Was that, that whole scene was cut the heck down? Okay, we had the whole script to that scene, and that was this is one of my yep. big complaints: is what the hell other Death Eaters, including Fenrir Greyback, who was not mentioned by name once in this movie, other than a wanted poster, right. did not have a single line. He had lines in the script; they were erased from the movie. What is your point of even casting this well, creature also, other than is being he, is eye he, candy? Is it made clear that gonna... he's actually a werewolf? Because I really no, didn't. Not at nope, all. He's just a hairy looking dude. He's just There's a scary not looking dude. any way to know any of this. And it was neat to have him there as a book fan. You're like, oh, cool. It's great back. But I feel like he's they scary. pulled a lot of punches because things were too scary. Oh. And um, anything, anytime where the editing is weird, I feel like it was too scary. My big, my big, my one big gripe just enormous my one big that if there's something i gotta ask about this entire film is why were they at hogwarts what function were the death eaters performing exactly by showing up and leaving hogwarts why was draco working all year to get them in if they were only going to be an audience to something that the dark lord had had commanded him to do that's what he was doing that's why he was he was repairing this cabinet so that they could come watch him do what he, only he was allowed or snape was allowed to do yeah you know and then they Spooker. just leave like i get it it was beautiful and it was a setting up of a new of a new world order and it was a, a, a momentous like march out of the castle etc but at least in the book they're there to try and take over they're there they're, they have a battle they try to do it and I, I didn't miss the battle i'm not like one of these people who was like there had to be a battle blah blah blah, blah. but there has to be a reason that there that should Draco have been something was, you know yeah. Bring either, them there. Either don't bring them in there or bring them in there because there are a few people who actually weren't sleeping during Hogwarts' invasion and right. actually decided to fight back. And or it would like, be fine if there's a all little All you had to do scuffle. was have Snape and Draco hightail it. That would have just made perfect sense. Snape and Draco. Yeah. Forget all the, all, the, all the vanishing cabinet stuff. Snape, you know, Draco tries to kill Dumbledore. Snape does it. They both need to leave. Yeah. I mean, it does give a reason for Draco and Snape acting when they did. But I'm thinking that's what they probably did. Like it no. was like uh, Draco had to get had, needed to be doing something, and they made a vanishing cabinet. And to have what? a vanishing cabinet, you know, and have nothing come out of it would have been pointless. But do you do you think that nobody stopped to think? Like, wait a second, wait a second. What is he actually trying to accomplish here? Yeah, in and terms of plot, can we figure out what that is and try to make it actually serve the story and maybe change it? Because if you're not going to do the battle then the whole vanishing cabinet thing is just is just kind of toothless. Like, they yeah. just show up and leave. That's what the, all they do. They show up, dark mark, fire, leave. Yep. Destroy, great hall, throw away a little extra thing. I liked that. Der, reparo, fixed, done. I like the... But yeah, the, it was yeah. neat to see, but it's like they're, they're throwing in reasons for them to be there at this point. It was weird. It was bizarre. Like somebody, I knew there was something like niggling. Like why? Why is something bothering me about this? And somebody leaned over to me on tour and just went, "So wait, what were the Death Eaters doing there?" And I'm like, "That's it. 
Well, I guess maybe there? they can defend that by thinking Dumbledore would have put up a fight at some point. Oh, and they that's didn't a good point. Him they they, they, they thought that he would him. need But Draco was trying to kill him all year. Yeah. You would need six, eater, six Death Eaters to maybe disable Dumbledore to the point where Draco could kill him. Then why, when they came in, did Draco leave before they get out of the Vanishing Cabinet? Well, that is the other weird thing, too, is that Draco has no reason to come up there first if mm. they're not all getting held up by a battle. Exactly. If they're there for backup, you walk up with them. Yeah. He has no, you know, so it's just, just it all, it's storytelling. Like Everything has a counter-argument here. They're, yeah. It's really we do this forever, guys. stupid. I know. I, as a matter of fact, we will do okay. it forever. Yeah, and okay. we will, we'll pick it all apart in princely pieces. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. It will be a good time. And everybody will send Sue hate mail afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to send you one right now. Okay, do I'm working on mine. I'm just, I'm just spell you. checking, actually. Thank you. Okay. There. Now you've got hate mail. All good. right. Do not. I actually have a I have a filter in, in Gmail when it when I, whenever someone types you suck it just gets forwarded to trash. <laughs> nice. nice. I have to empty the trash like every three days. <sighs> okay. Time, time for some acting troop. Acting troop, yay! Bye. Previously on Albus Potter and the Founder's Fountain. Scorp, you're here. What was Professor Longbottom doing here anyway? I keep thinking he's going to tell Dad about me nicking that stupid key. Who's the man in the portrait? His name's Phineas Nigelis Black. Come down here and look at this. Between those two floorboards, it's shaped like, like two letter S's intertwined with each other. This object was made by none other than Salazar Slytherin himself, and the heads of Slytherin have guarded it on his behalf if he was meant to look after Miss Finn when he was Slytherin head of house, how come he took it out of Hogwarts in the first place? You keep it, Scorp. You're as much a Slytherin as anyone else. Hand over that key Professor Longbottom gave you. Can't you see it when I hold them side by side? They're exactly the same size, gold and silver. They must both be part of the fountain. Well, that's that then, Scorp. You can't hand it in. Stay back. Can you believe it, Al? Believe what? We're not new anymore. I suppose not. Where is everybody? Scorp and Layla were supposed to meet us here. Maybe they got lost up on the way to Gryffindor Tower. No, wait. Here they are now. Hi, Scorp. Hi. Hi, Layla. Hello, everybody. Oh, I like it up here. It's almost as comfortable as the Hufflepuff common room. Can I sit on the stool? Go ahead. Oh, hi, James. I thought you were going flying before dinner. Can't practice catching on my own. Fred and Lewis aren't back yet. Merlin, Al, isn't it enough that I have to share a dinner table with a Slytherin without you inviting your little friends up to the common room as well? No offense, Rose. Your family, you can stay. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Ignore him, you two. We're Al's guests and it's perfectly all right for us to be here. James, stop being a git and tell us what Romania was like. Incredible. I rode on the back of a dragon. Did you really? Wow. No, you didn't. Albus, your brother is a liar. He's just kidding, Layla. Don't get upset. I am not upset. Calm down. Didn't mean to yank anyone's wand. Any of you squirts fancy a game of wizard chess before dinner? Call it my way of welcoming you into the Gryffindor fold. Not now, James. I'm kind of busy. Would you mind playing on your own? Not even you, Rosie. I could do with a decent game. Sorry, James. No worries. See you at dinner, Al.
and the rest of you too, no doubt. What time is dinner anyway? I'm starving. Hey, look who's coming through the portrait hall. It's Professor Longbottom. I wonder what he wants. He almost never comes in here. Listen up, everyone. All right, I'm, I'm sorry I have to tell you all this, but I'm afraid dinner's going to be rather late this evening. <sighs> What's happened, Professor? Well, it's actually a rather unfortunate incident on the flu network, as, as far as I can understand, an elderly wizard's got himself stuck in a chimney just outside Peterborough. <laughs> no, the poor man. In any case, it's caused quite a bit of disruption. Uh, most of our teaching staff, as well as several students who missed the train, are now stuck at home until the blockage is cleared. Well, that's just great. Al, can I have one of those chocolate frogs I bought you for Christmas? Sorry, mate. They're in my trunk. I'd have to go hungry. I've got some ice mice here if anyone wants one. Cool. Yummy. Thanks. Professor Longbottom's coming over here. Hello, Albus. Oh, what have we here? Visitors? I invited them, Professor. Is that all right? Oh, of course it is. Well, uh, welcome to our humble abode, you three. Thank you, Professor. Well, so you were dinner, I expect. Where did you spend Christmas, Leela? I stayed here. My mother's abroad working at a hippogriff sanctuary. She couldn't get away. Oh, that's awful. You should have told us. I'd have invited you to come and stay with us when Scorp did. Thank you, Rose, but it was quite pleasant here. Professor McGonagall pulled a cracker with me, and my mother sent me this book as a present. Isn't it beautiful? I like the cover. What's it made of? It's real grapple leather, to protect it out in the field. You can touch it if you want. Thanks. Cool photographs. I didn't know you liked books, Scorp. I've got tons at home. Good ones, that is. Not boring school stuff. Can I have a look next? Of course. Ow, it's Auntie Luna. I didn't know she had a book coming out. I heard Mum talking about it at Christmas, but I didn't know it was already in the shops. It isn't. My mother got it for me in advance from the author. Your mum is friends with our Auntie Luna. Luna Lovegood is your aunt? I didn't know. She isn't really. She's friends with our parents. They were at school together, with Professor Longbottom as well. Perhaps Professor Longbottom would like to see the book if they are friends. I'll call him back over. Professor! Wow. Your Auntie Luna's got a picture of a manticore. That's pretty hardcore. A manticore? At <laughs> last, may I see? Why'd you say, at last? Don't you remember, Al? She was talking about wanting one of those last time we saw her. Well, she's been talking about it for much longer than that, actually. Years, in fact. Hmm. Navigations in Naturalism by Luna Lovegood and Rolf Scamander. A wonderful present. Thank you, Professor. Oh, my goodness. What's up, Professor? She used this photograph. God, that takes me back years. Which photograph? Let me see. This one of a Grindelow, you mean? See the, the sly expression on its face? That's because I was trying to grab a sample of gillyweed you can just about see in the background. It nearly got me. Uh, luckily, the camera flash frightened it off. Wow. Auntie Luna saved your life. Indeed she did, and, and not for the first time. Here's your book back. I'll, I'll see you all later. Cooler than he looks, isn't he? I don't start Scorpius. What do you mean? He's cooler than most wizards his age ever were. What are you getting at? Most wizards his age. 
Are you trying to say something about my dad? No, she isn't. Are you, Rosie? Don't get bossy with me, Albus Severus Potter. I'll say what I like. Did you know Professor Longbottom lives over a pub, Layla? Now that's pretty cool, isn't it, school? What is a pub? Layla doesn't care about that, Al. But you know, after the Battle of Hogwarts, when all the plants in the greenhouses were used up fighting the Death Eaters... Yes? Well, Professor Longbottom went practically everywhere in the world collecting them again. And that's how he knows so much about where they all came from, even the rarest ones. He is a very good instructor. I think he's our best teacher. No way! That's Professor Crumb. Nonsense, Scorp. You're only saying that because he's your head of house. Mind you, I think Professor Flitwick is better than Professor Longbottom. And you're only saying that because you don't get top marks in herbology. Only because I'm always having to stop and help you. We are wasting time. Neil is right. We've got ages before dinner now. We should talk about what to do next with the fountain. So let us question Creature. It's a good time. If dinner is late, he shouldn't be busy. Great idea. Come on, let's go. Ladies first. Who are you calling ladies? Watch it, Scott. She'll stun you again if you're not careful. I was only being polite. I wouldn't bother in the future. After you. Which way from here, Layla? Turn right when you get to the entrance hall. There's a staircase. The kitchens must be right under the great hall. They are. How do we get in? Just tickle the pair. Here, let me. Wow, it's huge. Just look at all this food. It must be what we're having for dinner. But where are all the house elves? Having a rest, I expect. Wait here. I'll go and get Creature. Knows her way around, doesn't she? All this food's making me hungry. Do you think anyone would notice if I nicked a roast potato? Thieves! Thieves in the kitchen! Drop it, Scorp. Okay, okay. Where did that come from? It was a simple caterwauling charm, of course. Doesn't your mother use them at home to stop you stealing food? Of course she doesn't. What's all the noise? You woke everyone up. It was Scorp. Is the small student hungry? Allow creature. A pumpkin pasty. Cool. This is Creature. Creature, I've brought some people for you to meet. The greedy one is Scorpius. Hey! Good afternoon, sir. And I'm Rose. Please don't bow. This is Albus Potter. He says he knows you. Creature is honored to meet the second son of the great Harry Potter. Hello, Creature. Nice to meet you, too. Albus wants to ask you something. Creature will do anything in his power to assist the young master. Yeah, uh... Don't call me that. Don't give him orders, Albus. He'll have to obey you. Oh, right. Creature, you can just call me Al, if if that's all right with you. That's better. Can we get a move on? Right. Um, well, we're looking for something to do with Helga Hufflepuff, and we thought you might know, because Layla reckons house elves have, like, this special connection with her. It is so. Helga Hufflepuff made Hogwarts a refuge for us. Houses honour her memory above all other witches and wizards. What is this something you are looking for? Creature would like to help, but the young Al is not giving Creature much to go on. Right. Sorry. Um, it could be a magical object, or, or a spell. Something that would make a fountain work. Let me try. Look, Creature, we're looking for something that's been around since the castle was built. Something that's linked to Helga Hufflepuff. Is that any help? 
creature knows of no magical objects or anything to do with fountains. But he can show you Hufflepuff scrolls. Hufflepuff scrolls? All the castle's records are kept down here. In the kitchens? Don't be ridiculous. Please, follow creature. This way. Oh, it's all dark. Now this is what I call spooky. Does Hufflepuff's ghost live in here, do you think? Don't be silly, Scorpius. The founders don't haunt the castle. I still don't believe there can be any important papers in this filthy old cupboard. Lumos. Wow. He wasn't kidding when he mentioned scrolls. Why you creature? But it makes sense, if you think about it. What do you mean? Well, Rosie, didn't you say Helga Hufflepuff was like the housekeeper or something? Not the housekeeper. I said she brought everyone together to build Hogwarts, and that she was particularly good at food spells. So you are, then. She was the boss, and this is where she had her headquarters. But, Al, these papers must be so valuable. Oh, for Merlin's sake, Rose, when the quest is over, you can see about getting the move to the library. Now can we please get on with it? I suppose we'd better start looking. But where do we start? This is going to take hours, and I'm still hungry. Hours? No, you wish to see something linked to Helga Hufflepuff from when the castle was first built? Allow creature. Whoa! Did you see that? Not even an Accio. What is it, creature? This is Hufflepuff's book. It must be a thousand years old. Give it to Rosie, creature. She reads faster than me. No, he should give it to Layla. Scorp's right now. Go on, Layla. Tell us what's in the book. Give me a moment. Helga Hufflepuff's Household Diary, July 1st. Today, the roof. Godric and Salazar in the Great Hall from dawn to dusk. Spells as finely wrought as I have ever seen. Tomorrow, the window charms. The castle will be weather-tight. Our joy is great. Merlin's pants. This is Hufflepuff's dive from when the castle's being built. Creature, you're a legend. Creature thanks you, Al, son of Harry Potter. Oh, please don't bow. Creature must go and prepare the serving spells now. Is Creature dismissed? Of course. You don't have to ask. Can we stay here and read more of this? Creature advises Albus Potter and his friends not to be late to the feast. Young humans require regular sustenance. I'll say we do. Don't worry, Creature. We won't be late. Thank you so much. Keep going, Layla. Have you found anything about the fountain yet? Not yet. Wait. This might be something. Read it. Go on. August 20th. Relations between Godric and Slytherin. Oh. What? She stopped calling Slytherin by his first name. I wonder why. <sighs> Sorry, I won't interrupt again. Relations between Godric and Slytherin continue to deteriorate. Rowena shows me the final joining ceremony will affect a reconciliation. Her stair plan is complete. We await only the charm for the entrance hall fountain. I pray the remaining hours elapse without incident, that ten days from now our school will be permanently safeguarded. This is it! At last! We're on the right track! But our fountain isn't anywhere near the entrance hall. What's the next entry? The next one doesn't say anything about the fountain. What's the matter, Leela? Go on, keep reading. August 24th. Our doors open in one week. Can scarce believe our dearest hope, a wizarding school, is finally come to pass. So many sacrifices and compromises necessary along the way. Can the truce hold? I fear... 
The next bit's scored out. I can't read a word of it. Oh dear. Is that the end? Don't tell me Slytherin's going to slither off without her telling us any more about the fountain. Don't she think like that about Slytherin? He did kind of leave everyone in the lurch. The coward. Quiet, please. There's more here. August 27th. Slept in the Great Hall, all of us together for the first time in weeks. Rowena finally satisfied her concordance charm for the fountain will hold. Hold on a sec. What does concordance mean? Shush, Scorp, this is it. Let me concentrate. But what's it mean? Agreement, goodwill, that sort of thing. It's all I wanted to know. Go on, Layla. If the journey goes as planned, she assures us that the water will flow without ceasing. For the remainder, Godric has the trigger prepared. It is a thing of beauty. Not even Rowena pretends to understand the spell work. Slytherin's still reluctant to attend the ceremony if his demands are not met. Without his binding spell, all will be lost. The trigger, the binding. She means the key in that silver thing Scorp found. This is everything. No, it isn't. What about her magic? Hufflepuffs. Keep reading. August 31st. It is over. I have failed. Slytherin will negotiate no longer. Godric refuses to enter the room if he is there. Slytherin will not perform the final binding, and not two hours ago threatened to leave entirely. He may already be gone. Rowena has retreated to her tower. I hear her weeping. She will see no one but the child, her only comfort. Would that I... Would that she walk? The next line is scored out again. Shall I continue... I don't think we'll find out any more information about the fountain. Go on. Might as well know the worst. Very well. Our fountain, the crowning pinnacle and symbol of all we have struggled to build, will never now stand to welcome new members to our community, safeguard our students, and quench the flames of discord before they take hold. The sword of disunity and destruction will hang over our school forever. We are at least prepared thanks to Godric's foresight, for this eventuality. The sorting hat knows its task. Our students will always be safe. But with our four houses in such precarious balance, can they ever be secure? I am sick at heart. Wow. But we didn't get to hear about the, what does she call it? The joining ceremony. It's so frustrating. Well, at least we know now we've only got Ravenclaw's thing to find. This syncordance charm, or whatever it's called. Hufflepuff didn't do anything. Of course she did something. Like what? She never says anything about what she's done, only the others. She just writes in her diary and whinges about everything. Oh, for heaven's sake, Scorp. Isn't it obvious? Isn't what obvious? Someone else explain it to him. I can't be bothered. What Rose means is it seems pretty clear that Hufflepuff was the one who came up with the idea of the Founders' Fountain in the first place. Exactly. And it sounds like she was the only one who even tried to stop Slytherin from mucking up everything. She might as well not have bothered. He sounds like a selfish pig. So what do we do now? Shall we get together tomorrow after lessons and discuss this? Tomorrow? Oh, really? It's the first week of term. We're bound to get loads of homework. And Quidditch practices start tomorrow. So what? It's not like you're in the team. Professor Crumb coaches. I want him to notice I'm there watching. Oh, for Merlin's sake. What about you, Leela? I suppose you'll be too busy looking for wild animals in the Forbidden Forest or something. I will be helping Hagrid with the Thestral Herd at dusk, if that's what you mean. I knew it. But that does not take too long. I agree. We should meet every day until we have worked out the next stage of our quest. Every day? 
No way! I definitely can't do every day either. I'm sorry, Al. Why can't we keep working on it on our own? There's acres of the library left to search. I don't mind doing some of that every day. I'm in there anyway. No good. Lila's right. We need to be working on this together. At least some of the time. I have an idea. Why don't we start sitting at the same table for all of our meals? That's a fantastic idea. That'll give us loads of time to talk. I'm not sure. Won't we just get even more with looks and questions? Cyril and his gang were giving me a hard time about it when I got back this afternoon. Who cares about that? I don't mind. I'll do it. There'll be some talk. But it'll soon die down. Come on, Scott. Are you in? I suppose so. Anything's better than missing Quidditch practice every night. We should get out of here. The house elves are getting busy. It must be nearly dinner time. Come on. We can keep talking about our next move while we're eating. I already know what mine's going to be. What's that, Rosie? Did you hear the bit in the diary about the child? She was talking about Rowena Ravenclaw's daughter. So what? She's been dead nearly as long as her mum. Ah, but has she? What are you on about, Rosie? We're talking hundreds of years ago. Okay, so she is dead and buried, but she's also still very much around. She's the Grey Lady, the Ravenclaw ghost. I can talk to her. Have you ever actually seen her? Of course I have. She was in the Great Hall on our first evening. And since? Well, no. I hear she's pretty elusive, but once she knows I'm looking for her, I'll find her soon enough. Yeah. Good luck with that, Rose. <laughs> hey, Al, I bet you noticed that shepherd's pie. It looks amazing. Come on, I'll race you. This week's episode of Albus Potter and the Founder's Fountain featured the voice talents of Matt Armstrong, Susie B, Caroline Fonseca, Eric Lessinger, Izzy Martin, Stacey Murano, Rachel Proudfoot, and Nicole Slavin. It was produced by Angela Hohenstein, Becky Maturo, Joe Mativier, Rachel Proudfoot, Christy Thede, and Kevin Toma. Ah. It's the drums! It is the drums. You guys, our four-year anniversary is coming, and what are we doing to celebrate? I don't know. Nothing. Nothing? That's not much of a party. No, we are having an awesome... You've you've requested it, you've wanted it, you've been asking for it. A marathon of bit-by-bits. Oh my god. Holy cow. We are going to sit and clam ourselves into a room and get on Ustream with all of you and pound out the rest of the bit by bits, if possible. It will be possible, whether it takes us all night or not. Wow. And we'll get through all bit by bits. What do you guys think of that? Sound fun? Sounds riveting. Actually, it's... It it sounds like a good motivation to get us through it, so I think it's a good idea. Yeah, we can do it. (laughs) We need to just pound through them, man. We need to just just take that book and and charge. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no sense in this because it's not like we're trying to get ready for the next book or anything, but we might be hitting ourselves after we realize there's uh, nothing else to talk about. But what what you hear here will will last like, you know, you're going to hear... The information that's going to go into a billion shows, like yeah, yeah. forty shows or something. They're going to have to listen to it all over again. Well, yeah. Well, not everybody will be on the stream. Hell, there's everybody, like eighty thousand of you. Everybody every week, will. And there's like a hundred of you on week, Ustream. And we we broadcast live at Ustream Podcast. Yeah. So you should 
And only like one one thousandth of you show up, so. We did the only live stream from the New York premiere on that channel. It's a channel worth bookkeeping. Bookkeeping. Bookmarking. Hello. Can we talk about that live surprise broadcast from the... My arm still hurts. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Do you understand? Do you all at home understand that Melissa was not only recording, which and if you're ever on a red carpet, these things are very tight and very high press. And she's holding this computer up so we can get this picture. It was amazing. That was unbelievable. On my arm. Alex, like Alex uh, Robin was running the video camera behind me. And basically, like, a red carpet is a jungle. And... Basically, when we got into position, the people next to us kind of hated us for having a <laughs> tripod, you know? Yeah. And then reali- we realized that the people next to us had never read a Harry Potter book in their lives. So we became the go-to question people. So then all of a sudden, they loved us. So when I explained that I was going to try and do this crazy thing, that Alex and I kind of looked at each other and were like, um, should we, should we attempt this? We're like, well, let's give it a shot. See what happens. Uh, five minutes before the red carpet started, then, then we were cool. But literally, I had... Um, a microphone in one hand to try and catch people's words. I'm trying to like to, to make sure I've got good questions going in my head the whole time. I've got the, the the computer on my arm over the barrier. I'm trying not to try not to drop the computer or get jostled on a red carpet, which is inevitable. For what was it, an hour and a half? Yes. Just oh my god, I I can't even think about it without getting a twinge at my forearm. But it was fun. It was wonderful though, because as a fan, you know, someone like. Like me and everybody that was just thrilled out of our mind because not only, I mean, you were asking great questions, but the fans or but the stars t- said hello to Leaky. It was unbelievably <laughs> cool. They were thrilled by it. And I thought that was just, that was the bomb, man. It, it made just, me really happy when people were, were excited to say hello yeah. to people. And you know who was Tom, Tom Felton, first of all. He walked yes. up and he's like, oh, Leaky Cauldron, I'm a big fan, which we always, whether whether he's being nice or honest, we, we appreciate. We go, um, and yeah. Emma Watson was really excited to say hello to people. It's she some, was. It's so crazy on Emma the red carpet Watson. that people don't really, that was... you don't know if they've heard you or they know, but it was just really nice to be able to like direct some of that towards pe- actual actual fans who were watching in the chat at that time, you know? It was thrilled. I don't know if you could have that, perce- you, you couldn't see that chat because the chat was most mind-boggling thing I've ever seen in my life. I got dizzy just trying to were keep there up 2, with it. Were 2,500 people um, in there, sir? Yes, yes, that was amazing. I'm surprised we didn't crash it, but you just—it was this great picture, and that everyone was just thrilled because it felt like we were all part of that moment. And you know, as a fan, I was just like so grateful for that. I was just thrilling, and uh, it was—it was wonderful. We were all—we all felt like we were all part of it, and it was just—it was so cool. It was amazing between that and Twitter, Twitter Melly. I mean, you were Twittering during because the press conference. We, we were doing the YouStream. Oh, I, yeah. I could not. There was no way I could have a microphone, a computer, and also keep our Twitter feed updated. So Sue is like watching the Ustream yeah. and taking things people are saying and putting it on Twitter. It's just like this massive leaky team effort yeah. thing. Alex has got the camera and he's, you know, he's got it covered. And yes. it was just, it was wild. It was, it was the wildest red carpet we've ever done. And I, oh God, red carpets. Oh, but, I, but I'm so grateful your arm put up with it. But it was so cool because it was just like we were all part of it. And it was just really a fan experience. I mean, we had watched the week before during that monsoon that the poor people were in, in London. It was just, you know, oh. And, and some of that video was fabulous after we saw it. But it was just like it was so immediate. And it was just I love technology. I love the interwebs. Fracken, Fracken, John, what exactly <laughs> were you doing? At- oh, jeez. Do you remember, Frankie? Were you driving somewhere massively? The, I don't even know. Um, well, the movie came out. It was the 8th. After the ninth, the, fourth, the ninth. 
Yeah, we were probably. We were, um, you guys did a, like a marathon we driving, were driving somewhere. Like, overnight trips through like Wyoming and Montana and everything else. And <laughs> God help us. So one night we just kept driving. We never bothered to go to a hotel. So we pulled over at a rest stop and, and rested. <laughs> put the put the seats back and tried to fall asleep until the sun came up and, and then we got donuts. John, what? Of course, <laughs> donuts. Uh, wow. was yeah, a trip. So that but was fun. We had a lot of random. None of this um, was as bad as all of you bailing on me for Vancouver. Oh, bailing! Oh, shut up! Oh, I want to hear. Vancouver Tell the story about that. I heard what happened awesome there. Show. One of our <laughs> biggest crowds. Uh, one of our, um, you know, most enthusiastic uh, people to see us. And I was the only one of on the podcast. I would have loved to have gone to, to Canada. Why is that, John? Because Melissa was gone. Frankie didn't have his passport. And even Bree didn't have her passport. Uh-oh. And Sue wasn't there. So it was me and my lonesome, with the <laughs> Lupins and the Wompies. And uh, we did a good trivia show. And uh, it was a lot of fun. But you clowns weren't there. I would have been there if I could, because I would love to go to Canada. Canada's awesome. But I did get to see the first Starbucks. Oh, that's yeah, you guys did a bunch of Seattle. I love Seattle. Well, you guys had a great tour, though. I mean, I mean, that must have, you. Every time it, you know, you were, the ones that we got the Ustream, like the ones with the Potters, that started off was amazing, and then just we got to see the Ustreams along the way. It looks like you had huge crowds. It must have been. Oh yeah, we did. We did some fun Ustreams. I wish we would have done more of them. But mm-hmm. uh, I think near near yeah, the did. end of tour, we just were getting kind of tired there was comic-con there was Azcatraz, yeah and we just there was no time to really settle down and do a ustream and yeah internet was untenable and unreliable and so it was hard at near the end and i think we were all as, as um, amazing a time it was and everything i think we were all really happy to be home it was done oh, oh yes. totally i don't know how like matt for instance is like always out on tour there's oh i know he, he lives for the road Take him back to Sherborne Drive. I could not do six weeks so, again. So, so John, I would not be able to do uh, that again. So soon. I wanted to know how many Chipotle cards you got this time. Because uh, t- three. One of those trays. That's it. Yeah. Well, three very generous cards, and um, a lot of people giving me high fives for being part of the John Lewis Chipotle Alliance. I know. That's what I was which getting is at. Awesome, <laughs> like your Chipotle Alliance was to arise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ree doesn't like that Chipotle Alliance. She, she doesn't. She thinks this is a bad thing. And I'm like, you just don't understand. It's like a secret club. It's like you could I can send out decoder rings to these people and they would know uh they wouldn't know what to do with them. So you're starting decode stuff? Yes. <laughs> decode the Noe Thursday shows. <laughs> Yes, because sometimes you do need some decoding. Like, for instance, when there are stories about milk on hand. When they are about milk. cows and they are about milk, milk girls and espresso girls. Stuff, and when are we all getting back to our vlogs? Like, I I know that I've just been so busy since I got back that it's just... Oh, I mean the podcast YouTube vlog? Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still uploading. We're know. still uploading tour vlogs. I've got a ton of video on my camera. I'm just going to throw into vlogs and put them up. But if you have not subscribed to the YouTube podcast stuff you you should there's some awesome stuff on there oh what if you have what if you did like a crazy new like idea like have sue week and then john week and frankie week and no have like a huge cool <gasps> no. video no. every week vote no that's way too much work for what a week are you talking about like <laughs> one your video videos, a week. not every so damn day frankie like videos. every friday wrap up one video this- a week what oh. a crappy channel be like this this week in potter <laughs> be like this week in potter with sue and this week in potter with frankie and, 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 and. what a crappy channel to be one video a week 
That's not uh, true. Well, you guys do them as often as your heart Quantity desires. Quantity over quality, and it's not helped us so far. Okay, sure. Okay, sure, John. When we do a video, if you do one video a month, because that's what it would work out to, I, I will bet you that there is no difference in quality. Oh, nonsense. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's See, true, John. Crack nose. That's nonsense. Listen, you guys do them you, as much as you got the end, a day you of the week. Using all your fun visual effects. Yeah, I would, I would do cool stuff like that. It'd give me an opportunity to actually say, "Wow, all I have to do is this cool video a month." I'll, okay, I'll sure. Make magic stuff coming out sure, of my John, eyeballs. I've known you for like five years. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know that Vlog Brothers animation came out of you know a night of inspiration. I could do one of those a month. What the hell? Okay, sure. Five uh, years you've known John, so we've been doing Pottercast four years though. Yeah. That how long I've you, John? When did we meet? Was it 2004 well, or 3? The first, the first year of knowing me, you didn't have, you know, much interest in me because you I was You always just, say this, but it's untrue. It's so true. <laughs> I didn't Completely have true. the ability to meet up with you. When will you get over this? Right, right, yeah. You could. John, you're, you're probably I am, out, like, like, emailed me and said he was going to be in New York, like, three days yeah. before he was in New York, and I amazingly was busy and he will never let me forget it you're probably out with your real friends laughing about the idea that i wanted to see you don't you understand by now that i have no real friends <laughs> you, you had all these cool <laughs> friends back then you guys are my real friends we scared them all away when we came around Melissa was like hitting all the clubs in new york like every yes, weekend that's me Eric wonder raves she had, uh, she had pink in her I'm hair real actually friend. when i met her that's what I'm saying, Sue. I mean, when I say I have no quote-unquote real friends, it's it's you guys are my real friends, period. <laughs> John's like, oh, you're no real friends. <laughs> oh, Dork. Was, this was a long time ago. Oh. But, I want to yeah. say it was 2003, actually. It was when I, I graduated college or high school in 2003, and then I went to my first year uh, at Kent State, and that was where I was sitting bored in my dorm. But one night, I decided to email you about uh, Leaky. That was 2003, probably October. So we met in 04. So yeah, five years. Yay! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, can we? Yes. Oh, guys, wait. So some great stuff is coming up on. Oh, great um, stuff. On Pottercast, and I think we have a lot of reorganization of the show. Some new yes. music. A, a new, a, a, a fun new segment, I believe, is coming. Oh, a very cool new segment that hopefully new, we'll have ready to people. go after our fourth year of Pottercast. Yeah. It's going to be a fresh new sound, fresh new podcast. And, and a lot more food for thought in this show. So yeah. we're excited. We hope you are too. Can I say one more cool. random thing before we go? No! Yes, no. Please go to leakycon.com. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yes. My God. We have a new website. And guys, seriously, we're starting We're starting to gather volunteers for LeakyCon. Um, we have our official dates now for LeakyCon. We are starting to put together plans. It's in two years at um, at the park. We might do an event in the fall of 2010 to celebrate the movie release. Um, call it like LeakyCon one and three quarters. But um, <laughs> nice. That's going to be much on a much smaller scale and in a much different location. But the big the big we party is LeakyCon 2011. You know, there's a pretty oh. artwork, a pretty witch. Who did that pretty witch? Um, that would be Frack. Mm. Yay! Hey. I like that. Frack draws everything. He's a doodler. What can he say? He doodles. I doodle. I'm excited that for that. That witch we drew on tour last year. Oh my gosh, you did. Mom. But if you are interested, if you are interested in a awesome um, volunteering for the most awesome conference in 2011, you need to get involved because we are making big plans and registration is going to be open this year. Ooh. 
yeah it's we're we're, oh, we're opening it way ahead of time we're we're, we're gonna start gonna start sharing information about what's going to be going on there way faster than we did for WikiCon 09. We want you guys to know exactly what you'll be in for. So bookmark WikiCon 2011, WikiCon.com. Follow us on Twitter at WikiCon 2011. And uh, you will keep yourself updated. Squee! Sounds perfect. Can't wait. Uh, Well, on that note, kids, is it time to keep twiddling your dials? Mm -hmm. The next password will be bit by bit! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Night night. night. We've missed it. Toby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great Scott, no wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>